Hello, welcome to Walt Finance, the conversation where we talk about finance. It's myself, Jax. And Peter. And Kay. And today we're talking about something that I'm particularly very passionate about, which is investing in stocks. Um, we have Peter, who is an investor, and Kay, who is also an investor. And today we're going to have a very, very interesting debate um, as to, you know, which one of these three is the best form of investment is it value investing growth Jeez. investing or income investing and without wasting much time we're going to go straight into it coyote yeah introduce yourself introduce which investment you think is the better one and why so i am as jacks mentioned Kay. i'm an accountant and i am a fanatic of sorry advocate apologies of <laughs> you're a fanatic no 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 i take it back advocate of uh I mean, investing is investing, but for me, value. As they say, there's many ro- uh, many roads to Jerusalem, but I think for me, value is the one. Yeah. yeah. Would, would you want to explain why? Well, or, I or, think... Well, first and foremost, what is value investing and why do you think it's, it's prevalent? In a nutshell, value investing is essentially buying um, stocks and shares at um, a fire sale price, in a nutshell. Right. So I liken it to going to... Um, your Boxing Day shopping sales, mm. and you see something that it's on retail price for £50, but on this occasion, it's half price, £25. So that's the way I liken value investing. To. So like going to an outlet store. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Where things yeah. are much yeah. cheaper. Yeah. What about you, Peter? So I think in any portfolio, we should have a mixture of all three. Uh, value growth income um if i had a preference i do like my incomes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i do like the idea of that uh cash flow coming in every now and then whether it's quarterly or whatever it is but um say if i had a preference that would be it but i do believe we should have a mixture of all three within our portfolio yeah yeah I what mean, do you think jex what's your preference well me me as an individual um i I don't really have a preference to be really honest but i do have a preference for different times yeah um, and i do have one that is kind of my favorite yeah um me personally i don't have let's say a preference but for right now i have a favorite um and i'm similar to peter in this um, in this um full process of income i like seeing that dividend income coming in not even mm. semi-annually i like to see it quarterly mm-hmm. um and, and i know it's a psychological thing and because when we talk about total return, it could be that value investing might be better. Yeah. Or it could be that, you know, growth investing might give us better returns. Mm. But I'm all about passive income. I love passive income. Yeah. So generally, that's my favorite. If I want to compare value investing to growth investing, I think where we are right now. So at this, at the time of making this podcast, um, Q1 in 2020, I don't see much value out there mm-hmm. and so i've kind of shied away from value investing for now mm-hmm. but i do still see companies that are growing yeah now, of course mm. guys i must say this everything that we share on this podcast is all based on our opinion there's no financial advice um you know if you hear anything that you're interested in do your own due diligence before investing mm. okay i got a question for you jacks actually um when you look at those yeah when we look at those three different types actually um and I'm just thinking of some of our listeners and some people that have messaged us about it. Some of us are quite newbies to this whole game of investing. When you sort of look at back in the beginning of your journey, what would you sort of 
well not advice but what would you when you look back at the old jacks or yeah. a few years ago when you started yeah. what would you have told the old jacks i would have told you well before you even start investing right you gotta have a thought process mm. you know you have to think about certain things you gotta ask yourself if you have a specific objective you know uh, whether you can actually lock up your money for a, a decent amount of time and how long that looks like um and you know be truthful to yourself truthful to yourself and say well what is my ability and willingness to take risk mm. so you start off there and then you ask yourself well okay now how much involvement do i want to have in the actual investment process my younger self not that young but a few years ago i think it would be good would have been good and it was good that i remained more passive as an investor what that means is rather than picking individual companies i invested in funds um, and the reason for that is when you invest in funds, you get that kind of instant diversification. Mm. You've outsourced, you know, the management of the actual individual companies mm-hmm. to a fund manager who has a lot of experience. So I would say when you first start, this is just my opinion. When anyone first starts, you probably want to be more in, in index funds. Really. Yeah. And what is that? So index funds, uh, it's, it's, it's a group of um, companies categorized by some sort of similarity. Um, for example, for example, the FTSE 100, mm. which is the largest 100 companies in the UK by size. Or you can move on to the FTSE 250, which is the next um, 250 companies. So that's an index. It's a group of companies. Mm. But it doesn't have to be, you know, based on uh, just the, you know, the, the sector or the, or the region. It can be based on industry. Mm. So you can have a real estate index as well. Mm. So that's where an index is. Um, and it's cheaper. The reason why it's cheaper is because when you um, outsource the job to the fund manager, he doesn't have to think. He just yeah. goes and replicates the index, similar mm. as. And generally speaking, the index over a long period of time tends to outperform actively managed mutual funds, mm. especially when you take in the fees into consideration. So for most people, that's probably where to start. Mm. And in fact, even as an active investor, as an individual, the majority of my portfolio is still in index funds. Mm. Um, Warren Buffett even said it, you know, he said, uh, I think, I think Kildy might be able to um, help me on this, but I think he said if he passes away and his, you know, money goes to his wife or something, it should be invested in index funds. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's on his uh, will or something yeah. like that to yeah. his kids, I think, yeah. And this is someone who's a very active investor. Yeah. So it shows, you know, most fund managers fail to, you know, outperform an index. So, yeah, that's where we start. Mm. But, but then, you know, even then, you can decide to go for a different share class. Mm. And I'm going to just give some education here. You can invest in, for example, the S&P 500, which is the Standard & Poor 500, largest 500 companies in America. But the share class, which is the route you take into the fund and back out the fund, you can go for an income share class or an accumulation share class. Mm. Accumulation means those companies in that fund, some of them will pay dividends. Mm-hmm. It just gets reinvested back. And that's good, especially for a long-term horizon for compounding. Yeah. But if you want the cash flow, the dividends, then you choose an <laughs> income. Um, you can choose the income share class and that will pay out. But even then, you can just re- if you want, you can actually reinvest it manually yourself. But if you want income, you can choose the income share class. Mm. So, yeah. Fantastic. And we, we, of course, have a close friend of ours who's very 
passionate, so to speak, <laughs> about her growth. Oh, he's not uh, here. So if he was here, if he was here, um, what he obviously you can't speak on his behalf. Yeah. But what the what is the case for particularly? And uh, you gotta take age and lifestyle situations into consideration. Yeah. What would be the case for putting a decent amount of your portfolio into good, well, subjective but good growth stocks? Yeah. Um. So I think the assumption is that the younger you are. Mm. Um, the less need or reliant on cash flow you you have or need. Mm. So I think, um, and again, the older you are, the more reliant you are on cash flow and less so of uh, share appreciation. Yeah. Mm. So based on those two assumptions, um, yeah, somebody in their 20s or 30s can invest a considerable amount of their cash into a portfolio mm. uh, pertaining to um, growth stocks so companies that are in the pretty much infancy mm. of their business cycle mm. that are in the verge of growing substantially so that's the assumption um, so I think I'm assuming that would be the general consensus across mm. everyone yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, when, you, when you look at total return you see that a lot of growth stocks um, and I know when we say growth you know you, know, you can invest for growth and value investing is actually a way of to invest for growth. Yeah. Um, but there's also just growth investing or growth companies. Yeah. But as Kay, you know, alluded to, it's mainly trying to pick companies that are in a certain stage of their business cycle. And you want to capture them at a stage where they're growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. They're growing really fast. Um, you know, the majority of growth companies, especially in our generation right now, is tech, com- tech companies. Agreed. Mm. Tech companies are flying. And they're growing at a very rapid pace mm. due to scalability and that kind of stuff. And but they're more risky. That's that's the truth. Mm. You know, a tech company can go bust. Like absolutely, we, we experienced a tech bubble in the two thousands. Two thousand one, yeah. Around that period, anyway. Yeah. And and if if he obviously we can't speak for him, but if he was here, he would say, um, <laughs> "What do you want to put a lot a decent bit of your portfolio into those sort of companies rather than?" the income companies because let's be honest a lot of uh companies that we put money in for purposely for dividends um are not the most exciting companies and they don't appreciate in terms of share price that much over a significant period of time um but you'll be getting dividends and he will make a case of that you only really need that when it comes to (laughs) retirement (laughs) Retirement. so yeah yeah. when you can put let's say this is just an example if you put a thousand pounds in a a dividend um, producing a company um, and the share price appreciates by a couple of dollars or pounds or whatever but you put it in a growth company and that goes up by a 10x mm. I mean which one would you rather have and I know he will be very much on the 10x because oh, okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> obviously a big return absolutely he, he, he is right yeah um, what I mean by that is the general consensus is when you're young you mm. want to go for kind of growth you want to you uh, you know invest for growth yeah and because you can, you know, you can watch out t- economic turmoil, you yeah. know, just keep your money in there. And over the next 20, 30 years, you would have hoped that your companies, your investments have grown yeah. to a substantial amount. So you have a nice nest egg. Yeah. Then you can switch the strategy to income because mm. the more capital you have, the more income you can earn. Agreed. Right? So I do understand it. Mm. Um, and you can take, it's, all, it's due to the fact that you can take more risk when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Peter Lynch calls them 10 baggers. If yeah. you can find a company that, you know, can 10x in the next 10 years, 20 years, you're laughing. Yeah. But those companies, as you just said, that are paying, especially the ones with high dividend yields, 
they're not going to 10x definitely not they're going to yeah. be like this right if a company's paying out 50 percent of its profits to shareholders and they're only reinvesting 50 percent, that reduces the ability to grow agreed so he is definitely right mm. even though remember and i said this in three episodes finance is all personal personal finance is personal mm. and you need to understand what works for you psychologically financially all that stuff and while i do all three so i do growth i do value and i do income mm. i actually really enjoy the income side mm. i like you know i like i like <laughs> we seeing, know you do <laughs> yeah i really I, I really do i really like the idea of being paid dividends you know mm. when that comes in and you see that hold on this is what we call true passive income mm. i've just invested in a company that i believed in i had to do some research not much especially for di- and i must say this as well the research you do for dividend or income investing is easier in my opinion and quicker to do than value and growth mm. all you gotta do is for example look at dividend cover look at the strength of the company's balance sheet quickly yeah um and say well if they're covering the dividend they're paying on that dividend yield they're probably going to continue yeah. simple as and, and on that to as we start to uh, wrap up i wanted to ask in your opinion what makes a good value growth or income and if you can give us uh, an example of a stock for each of those so in your opinion quite quickly um first of all with makes a good uh, value company and then um give an example of what that might look like yeah so um a good value company so a company that's been making profit for a considerable amount of time mm. um as jack's mentioned their balance sheet or yeah is relatively healthy um Depending on the nature of the company, uh, we would like to think that the debt is not uh, substantial. Mm. And based on those two assumptions, you know, if uh, if a company is trading below um, whatever analysis you do, whether it may be intrinsic value, um, book value, or whatever the case may be, with additional analysis, then you can come to your reasonable conclusion that that company is undervalued. Mm. And as I mentioned before, um, I likened it to going into like a boxing day, boxing day sale um, and then seeing a half price amount to a piece of outwear that you like. Yeah, okay. So that's the way I see value investing. And mm. to give an example, um, yeah, one of the recent acquisitions that I did for a company in my stocks and shares ISA was um, a stable company mm. that has been uh running for over 150 years mm. um everybody consumes what they produce mm. uh year on year they've made a drop of 35 percent um and yeah in terms of their stock price in terms of their stock sh- yeah share price yeah. yeah so you know despite the fact that they've dropped significantly in share price looking at their numbers um they've been in existence for over 150 years mm. the numbers look healthy and you know i just did my further research and analysis and i came to the conclusion that look you know this is probably a temporary um turmoil mm. and with the hope that you know in the near future they will um you know reshuffle and come back to profitability so that was why i made my acquisition fantastic yeah. Yeah. and we know that you are the king of uh, research as well so <laughs> we'll definitely be bringing you on, a, on research. A, an, yeah we'll be bringing you on a podcast um later on um on another another time talk a bit more about how you go about doing your research mm-hmm. and checking the 
fundamentals um, of a company as well, which I think would be really useful for us and our listeners as yeah. well. So, yeah. Jax, um, did you have anything to add on to that? If not, um, what makes a good growth and income stock and with some examples? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, just to add to Cody's, yeah. um, what he said about value investing. Value investing is all about seeing a company that's undervalued. Um, a stock price doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a stock price doesn't depict the value of a company. Mm, um, and there's something called the efficient market hypothesis. I'm being quite technical now, but basically the markets are inefficient, yeah. whether you believe it or not. And so if they are inefficient, that means those stock prices are not a true representation. Mm-hmm. Mm. And your task is to find those companies that are being mispriced. Mm. And as Kay said, you go use, use your fundamental analysis. You can look at the balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement, figure out some financial ratios, such as the PE ratio. I'm not going to go into too much detail as to yeah. what they are now. That'll be for another episode. But PE ratio, you can use an alternative called the EV to EBITDA. You could look at PEG. You could look at all these things. And based on your analysis, price to book, you know, the current ratio. There's so much out there, right? But it's about understanding which ratio to use for different companies. Agreed. And then what you would do is you you determine a what we call a fair value, um, and then which is like the intrinsic value of a company. And if it's below the price that is actually trading at, then you buy and mm. you wait for the actual market to realize this and then you make a profit. Simple. So that's what value investing is. Dividend or div- there's dividend growth and there's dividend income. When you invest for dividend income, you go for a higher yield. What you really want to look at is the dividend cover or the dividend payout ratio. Same thing. Tells you the same story. Um, and make sure the company is profitable. You hope the company has been around for a very long time. Mm. And that's essentially what you look at. You can look at a few other things. You can look at a balance sheet as well just to see the health of the company. Um, that's for dividend income. Mm. Dividend growth, a bit similar. But you also look at, you know, things like, you know, have they been increasing their dividends that they're paying per share over mm-hmm. the next past 10, 20 years? Um, and are they profitable? And are they also growing? Because you want to see that the company is growing as well, not just, Agreed. you know, staying still. So that's dividend growth. Mm. Um, and then just general growth. Mm. Um that's more about you know believing in a business model right mm. it's a bit hard of in my opinion to actually look at things like you know debt equity and that kind of stuff because a lot of these companies do use a lot of debt um so fundamental analysis is a bit tougher to use when you're determining um you know uh growth companies but you can use some some ratios for example you use uh the ps ratio mm. which is the price to sales ratio to determine how cheap a company is mm. You maybe you might not be making any profit, so you can't use earnings per share. You can't use P/E ratio. So you just look at the company, see the if you believe in the business model. Um, just a few other golden nuggets when it comes to value growth or, or any investing. There's qualitative issues as well. Quantity, yeah. quantity. Look at the management. Look at the moat. Look at yeah, you know who who is behind it. That kind of stuff. Are they, you know, look at whether they. Um, I'm giving you like proper golden nuggets and this is something that charge <laughs> <laughs> um, look for like for example you know whenever they do their earnings reports do they give good forward guidance and do they tend to keep up with the forward guidance and that mm. kind of stuff so that's what you would do um, but it's, it's obviously as you can tell I'm rushing through this because I love talking about this <laughs> but um, we'll talk about this in much more detail yeah. in another episode I think, I think a, yeah and I think a podcast on research and some of the technical terms that you've mentioned yeah. would definitely be useful as well absolutely yeah. um, but just to conclude which one is better there's no true answer no true answer <laughs> 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 all depends but, but on the I, season exactly. yeah. but I love I love I love yeah. income um, yeah but uh, I do all three. Awesome. And it'll be good for our listeners as well um, when this touches you and reaches your ears to let us know if you have a particular preference. Um, and if there's anything else you want to chat as ever, do hit us up on social media or drop us an email. And remember all, stay, stay woke. woke.